everyone and welcome back to another episode of Indigenous Activism in Canada, otherwise known as IAC. My name is Michaela Vanderham, the creator of IAC, and for those who are new here, this is the podcast where you can discover Indigenous and non-Indigenous leaders, artists, and entrepreneurs within the Indigenous activism community. We talk about specific activist movements, protests, sorry, issues, politics, and news stories to spread awareness and to understand the ever-changing lives of Indigenous peoples. Today's episode is going to all be about one recently rising popular Indigenous activist movement, Idol No More. We will specifically be discussing the ways in which Idol No More has provided non-Indigenous folks to understand settler colonialism and how it negatively impacts Indigenous peoples and how the perspectives of non-Indigenous peoples have changed since changed. Welcome back. Today I'm joined by Rachel Gravenhurst, who recently became a supporter of I Don't Know More and who was able to attend their latest round dance protest at the intersection of Young and Dundas in downtown Toronto. Hi Rachel, how are you? Thank you for joining us on the show today. Hi, I'm good, thanks. And yes, of course, I'm more than happy to. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, for sure. So, hi everyone. My name's Rachel Gravenhurst. I'm 24 years old. I'm from Toronto, but I'm currently living in Kingston because I'm a student at Queen's University where I'm in the process of getting my master's degree. And basically, I'm a non-Indigenous supporter and follower of the Idle Namar social justice movement. Okay, great. And so, Rachel, I just want to clarify for our listeners, you've been a supporter or a guest part of the Idle Namar for how long now? Yeah, so I started supporting Idle No More for about 10 or 11 months now. Let's see. Yes, 11 months. Because I joined just before this whole pandemic situation really kicked into gear. Yeah, so, okay, so let me just start off by asking you that then. What made you and inspired you to join such a movement, the Idle No More movement? Yeah, so I actually joined, or I guess I was first inspired. Um, after seeing the news story about the huge round dance that took place in one of the malls in Edmonton on TV. And I was just immediately drawn in. Um, I think it was the sight of everyone who uh, was either Indigenous, non-Indigenous. There was the elder, the young, the middle class, the lower class, like everyone was coming together. Um, They were holding hands and they were dancing in resistance to the systems of oppression that they face. And it was truly the first time I was um, able to witness this extraordinary solidarity within such a widely popular movement. And that's when I knew. That's when you knew you had to be part of it. Yeah, exactly. So I hopped in the computer, did a bit of research on the movement, and the next thing you know, I'm getting in touch with a support group of I Don't Know More based in Toronto, and I'm signing up to be a part of their next rally. So it was, it was very almost spur of the moment. Yeah, exactly. Okay, folks, we're going to take a small break right here, but we'll be right back. Everyone, and welcome back. So, Rachel, now that we have a bit more background history in you, I want to get more into the way in which I don't know more has changed your perspective or your lens among many other non-Indigenous supporters on the understanding of settler colonialism. 
is. So let me start off by asking you, how do you think non-natives have come to be more aware of the systems of oppression that indigenous people face? Yeah, so I think it's going to be a bit different for everyone. Like I mentioned earlier, I think the media, specifically social media, has had a lot to do with the awareness around Idle No More. And I think that's just because social media is such a huge part of this particular movement. But I also think that in society, slowly starting to um, be more open and comfortable with what used to be referred to as taboo topics, um, people are also slowly starting to be more open and more comfortable about talking about subjects such as residential schools and um, indigenous people's personal experiences with them. Um, but for me personally, I think a lot of my awareness also has to do with the fact that I became a supporter and activist for the movement. Um, I was introduced to all these people who don't have access to clean drinking water. They can't afford to pay to send their children to school. They don't have access to proper medical and health care. So I think that it's everyone's own personal experiences and willingness or openness to educate themselves that essentially contributes to how non-natives become more aware of these systems of oppression. Right. So, I mean, if anything, one has to be willing to look at this whole situation from an entirely different perspective. And I think that this is something that all non-natives need to consider and need to do. Yes, absolutely. And I think you mentioned something there that was particularly interesting about stepping into a completely different perspective. Almost like putting on a whole new lens in front of your eyes for the first time and really being able to see what, in fact, has been here all along. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I also understand that I don't know more is essentially exposing these long-term effects of settler colonialism. Um, yeah, that's essentially what they're doing. Um, you know, all these relationship issues with the land, the people, and the state, these are all long-term effects of settler colonialism taking place. And in indigenous people slowly starting to find their voices and speaking up more and more, or how others would term it, slowly starting to rock the boat, um, Idle No More is exposing the complete and honest truth about Canada's history of settler colonialism. And what do you think has allowed them, I don't know more, to do this? Well, as I said earlier, I think a huge and popular tool used is social media. And it's important to know that social media, it's providing a voice for everyone within the movement. And this includes the chance for those to voice their opinion who may have been too scared to before or who may have felt that they've never been acknowledged before. Um, It's a platform that allows everyone to voice their opinions and thoughts and it's also allowing non-natives the chance to see and hear other perspectives and sides of the story so it's in a way kind of debunking this black and white story of indigenous people being the bad guys and essentially it's showing that there is no monolithic perspective um, within amongst indigenous peoples Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about the rain dance as well. Yeah, I did. So um, there is this uh, same kind of idea here with Indigenous peoples finally having an, a voice, except for this time, it's not being expressed through speaking, but through dancing. 
and I think it speaks a lot to their resistance but also to their main idea or message which is that they're trying to get back to their prosperity and peacefulness before colonialism began. Oh okay and this was something that you recently attended right? Yeah that's right and um, I think it's also important to note here too just quickly that this dance is often performed in public with Canadians of all ages, genders, classes, and whatnot. So joining together to perform this dance, it's it's truly groundbreaking and sends a clear message that, you know what, we're not backing down this time. We're here and we're not going to stop until something is done. And this in and of itself creates a whole new level of unity. And through this unity, non-Indigenous folks are truly understanding what it means to have white privilege and to recognize how hard it is to be an Indigenous person. Okay, so it's another form of creative resistance, but one that sends a strong and powerful message. Yeah, essentially that's what it is. Okay, folks, we're going to take one more small break and then we'll be right back.